the 16th Sunday after Trinity, September 19th, 2021. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, we pray that your grace may always go before and follow after us, that we may continually be given to all good works. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the 16th Sunday after Trinity is from the first book of the Kings, the 17th chapter. Now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick, and his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, What have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? And he said to her, Give me your son. So he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodge by killing her son? And he stretched himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came back to him, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. Then the woman said to Elijah, now by this I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. This is the word of the Lord. The nations shall fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth your glory. For the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. The epistle is from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the third chapter. Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations 
forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the seventh chapter. Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, Arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. Then fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen up among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him went throughout all Judea and all the surrounding region. This is the gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. The will of God is always best and shall be done forever. And they who trust in him are blessed, he will forsake them never. He helps indeed in time of need, he chastens with forbearing, they who 
depend on God their friend shall not be left despairing. God is my comfort and my trust, my hope and life abiding. And to his counsel wise and just, I yield in him confiding. The very hairs his word declares, Upon my head he numbers. By night and day God is my stay, He never sleeps nor slumbers. Lord, this I ask, O hear my plea, Deny me not this favour. When Satan sorely troubles me, then do not let me waver. O guard me well, my fear dispel, fulfill your faithful saying. All who believe by grace receive an answer to their praying. When life's brief course on earth is run, and I this world am leaving, grant me to say your will be done, your faithful word believing. My dearest friend, I now commend my soul into your keeping. From sin and hell and death as well, by you the victory reaping. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. This is the word of the Lord. There was a clash at the outskirts of Nain. True, two crowds that could not be more different collide. Two processions of conflicting interest meet. One is filled with joy, the other is filled with sorrow. 
It is a collision of divine interruption and, as it seems, divine interruption of the most ill-mannered sort. Jesus and those who follow him clash with and interrupt the final funeral procession of a grieving widow and those who follow her. Joy meets sorrow, laughter meets mourning, and dancing meets the dull trod of disheartened feet upon the dust. This encounter takes place, as St. Luke records, the day after. It is the day after a miracle. It is the day after Jesus healed the centurion's servant. It was such a wonder that even on the day after it had happened, the crowds are still abuzz with the joyous news. Word has already traveled. And as Jesus travels on, the joyous people with their joyous mouths, their joyous feet, and their clapping joyous hands travel with him. One can only imagine the grief experienced by that widow in Nain. Her husband is dead. Her only son is now dead. And this means that she is now dead. Dead to the world. Dead to the community. Dead to the legal system which will all work together to make her dead in the flesh. This clash at Nain does not do her any good. Her world stands as still as her son's dead body, unable to turn, time frozen in death and in mourning. Smiles and laughter pierce through the gloom of her sadness, and not for the better, because the worlds of others still turn while hers has stopped. Joyous crowds come praising the Jesus who healed the servant of a Gentile while the Jewish woman mourns her lost son. One can only imagine the thought of her mind, perhaps a thought much like Mary and Martha. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. If you had been here, instead of off healing a Gentile, my son would still be alive. That happy crowd following Jesus is met by a different crowd coming out of the village with a casket. The funeral crowd suffers under the reality of sin in this world. There is a clash at Nain, but not a clash of processions. Death and life come face to face when these two groups meet. Death and life collide and contend with one another. The result is that life overcomes death. It was a strange and dreadful strife when life and death contended. The victory remained with life. The reign of death is ended. There is a strange and dreadful strife at the outskirts of Nain. As he enters into the city of Nain, Jesus sees the parade of death, and he has come to rain down upon it. He rains upon it with compassion. He rains upon it with grace and mercy. He rains upon it with his very blood, 
for he interrupts this funeral to bring life. Jesus interrupts death with life, stopping death dead in its tracks and laying death itself in that grave wherein that young man was to be placed. He interrupts sorrow with his healing touch and the peace and joy which only he can provide. Amidst all trials and tribulations, Christ is there in full, interrupting your unbelief with the strength of faith, interrupting your sin with forgiveness, and interrupting your hunger and thirst with his flesh and blood. He came and touched the open coffin. Jesus breaks the law. Jesus touches death. According to Levitical law, touching the casket renders Jesus unclean. True, according to the law, Jesus is unclean, for he takes death into himself. He takes that young man's death into himself, and he replaces it with life. This is what Jesus does. He takes sin and death into himself, leaving forgiveness and life in his wake, as he journeys to his own death for the sins of the world. One death, that is one million. This death takes place because the sins of the world which he has absorbed. And upon that cross, he absorbs the full punishment of the law as well. But in his divinity, Jesus has power over death. He can take death away and he can destroy it completely. As death did not hold the widow's son, death could not hold Christ. His power over death is proclaimed here at Nain, yes. He has conquered in that strange and dreadful strife at Nain, but Nain is only a foretaste. The true strife, the true struggle, the true work of God takes place upon the cross. It is there that the victory remains with life, and in the resurrected flesh, it is there that this gospel is proclaimed. The widow of Zarephath and the widow of Nain have parallel natures. The widow of Zarephath says, Now I know that you are a man of God. In comparison, the crowds of people involved in the funeral procession at Nain exclaim that God has visited his people. Elijah called out to the Lord to heal the widow's son. The Lord, through Elijah, accomplished great good. But it was not Elijah. It was God. Elijah was but a man of God through whom God worked. Christ, however, touches death and rebukes it himself. He calls out directly to that young man, Young man, I say to you, arise. And at the Lord's word, he who was dead sat up and began to speak. Christ is the Lord, and his work of resurrection in this instance proclaims his divine authority over death and reveals himself to be greater than Elijah. Elijah was a man of God. Jesus is God. Emmanuel, God with us. And in him, 
God has visited his people. In the midst of death's dark veil, powers of hell o'ertake us. Who will help when they assail? Who secure will make us? Thou only, Lord, thou only. Healing of the body and of the soul comes from the body, that is, the body of Jesus Christ. It is his touch that brings healing. St. Luke records that Christ touches the casket in which the boy was laid, and the boy was given life. By his word and by the physical touch of his body, Christ brings his healing to those who require aid. Jesus is the embodiment of God's word, word enfleshed, incarnate, and dwelling among his people. The Church of Christ continues to receive this healing through the union of flesh and of word in the precious body and blood of the Eucharist. Here at this altar and in this sacrament, you see what both the widows of Zarephath and of Nain saw, a strange and dreadful strife wherein life and death contend one against the other, but life is the victor. The real historical accounts of Zarephath and Nain give you a picture of what will happen on the last day. The crowd of life will process out of heaven with the Lord and meet the crowd of death here on the earth. There will be a clash between two parades, one of life and the other of death, and it will be a strange and dreadful strife. But the victory has already been won. On that day, death will yield to eternal life. Death will renounce its claim over man. Death will vomit out its victims out of their tombs like the young man of Zarephath, the young man of Nain, and like Christ himself. Until that day, the prayer of the church is that you would confess boldly, when life's brief course on earth is run, and I, this world, am leaving. Grant me to say, your will be done, your faithful word believing. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God and our Lord Christ Jesus, and for all people according to their needs. For the Spirit to preserve the Church, his own creation, for defense against all heresies and schisms, for peace and unity, for strength of faith, resolve of will, and boldness of confession among all Christians, for a right desire for purity and sanctity, for Christ to dwell in every home by prayer, and for an increase in devotion among the saints of God, let us pray to the Lord. For the people of Christendom, that residing within the church they would inhabit a city of God set apart from the world, for all bishops and pastors, that they would remain steadfast in their callings to preach, teach, and administer the sacraments faithfully, for an increase of laborers to send into the harvest, and for the strength to rebel against the spirit of this age, let us pray to the Lord. For all who suffer for the sake of the gospel, that the body of Christ, yet separated by land and sea, may remain united in fasting, prayer, and devotion, resolving in faith to lose all for the sake of Christ, 
thereby gaining the treasures of heaven. Let us pray to the Lord. For a spirit of love and charity to abound within this nation, for prosperity and peace, for an end to all sedition, rebellion, hatred, and scorn, for wisdom to all who rule, especially to Joseph, our president, and Michael, our governor, that they may lead in honesty for the betterment of our people, for truth and justice, for the defense of the innocent, and for concord among all nations. Let us pray to the Lord. For deliverance from every sin, error, evil, discord, and strife, for an end to all war and bloodshed, for the work of God to chasten and to heal, for true humility in faith, for the conversion of the pagans and the return of the apostate, for the destruction of the proud and the upright, and blessing to the meek, and for forgiveness and repentance to our persecutors, slanderers, and enemies. Let us pray to the Lord. For mercy to the sinful, for provision to the innocent, the widow, the orphan, the homeless, the abused, and the needy, for the comforter to heal the downtrodden, to raise up the brokenhearted, to embrace all victims of violence and suffering, and give joy to the depressed and peace to the anxious. Let us pray to the Lord. That the omnipotent and merciful God would lead us to a deeper trust that all he works is for good, and that we would not seek the unknown in cause or intent, but the known, that is, the promises of God fulfilled in Jesus Christ, even in times of woe. Let us pray to the Lord. For the healing touch of Christ, our good physician, for the hands of Christ's healing work, all doctors, nurses, surgeons, emergency responders, and all other medical professionals, for all who suffer ailments of body or soul, especially Gordon, Sandra, Daryl, Sherry, Jeremy, Judy, Damon, Barbara, Jim, and Carol Jean, for those near death, especially David, for comfort to those who mourn, and in eager expectation of the last day and the return of the Christ, let us pray to the Lord. We give you thanks, Holy Father, for your holy name, which you have caused to dwell within our hearts, and for the knowledge of faith and immortality that you have made known to us through Jesus, your servant. Remember your church, O Lord, to deliver it from all evil and to make it perfect in your love. From the four winds gather the church that has been sanctified into your kingdom, which you have prepared for it. For yours is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.